Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Wednesday morning, July 27th, 2022. I am Jack Mitchell alongside Johnny Cadillac in the studio with me, Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. Caleb out today because it is his uh his wedding day on a uh, on a Wednesday. So uh congratulations in advance to uh to he and Megan as they'll be tying the knot officially today and so uh he'll be out for the rest of this week but we have a good show for you nonetheless joining us today officer chad will talk with a cop just before seven o'clock it is a what chaps your eyed wednesday it's our public service to you giving you a forum where you can get those little things that irk you off your chest maybe bond with someone else over it and feel better throughout the rest of the day so we'll start that conversation at 710 today you've got time that means to send in whatever's chapping your hide to the rick stein recognition text line or comment on the thread facebook.com slash lnk today we'll count down the five things we're talking about today john bishop is going to join us as well coming off of husker media day and the beginning of nebraska football practice so a lot to get to today Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? Wow, I I didn't realize that was you in there until you started talking. I mean, I'm not. I'm no. I'm okay. Here we go. I'm not wearing a baseball cap yep. today. I'm sure that's you, it. You, so you my a little more clean my, shaven. No, not much. <laughs> not much. Uh, no, no cap. No baseball nice cap. Shirt. So my thinning, uh, my thinning hair uh, is on display for all. So I just right want to make sure that's you. That's this is me. Okay, this is me. This is what I look like without a baseball cap on, which you've seen plenty of times, Mark. Yeah, but it, just not usually on weekday mornings <laughs> yeah. at six a.m. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you spending your time working on? Uh, working on in the newsroom here this morning? Well, actually, something you can probably uh, talk with uh, Officer Chad just a little bit. Uh, LPS uh, LPD that is made a big safe uh, part of a big safety. Uh, presentation in front of the school board last night, LPS. Uh, I listened to that presentation here. Uh, pull some audio here in the in the next hour or so. But uh, interesting uh, how advanced LPS and and the Lincoln law enforcement first responders and the collaboration they have with so many different agencies. Uh, I didn't realize it was as uh, expansive as it is. And Chief Good. Ewans, Chief Ewans was very complimentary, uh, having come in here in the last year. And said Lincoln's way ahead of most of, of just about any other location Good. as far as when it comes to student safety and and uh, risk training and and all of that. So good. That's that. It, that's it, very good to hear. That that session is available on the LPS uh, website. So I would encourage anyone with uh, students in the system or anybody with uh, questions about uh, school safety and LPS and community uh, action. Go uh, watch that video. And um, also at that Board of Education meeting, while we were talking uh, about that, the new superintendent, Paul Gosman, uh, spoke there. Yep. And among the, the first, first, his first meeting, first, first school board meeting, he's Steve Joel is out. He is in now and talked a little bit about that, uh, that four letter word that's been cropping up around school years for the last two years. And that's a uh, mask. Yep, or masks for a five-letter word, but um, but it, 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 according to Gosman, when things start here in what two and a half weeks, uh, th- almost uh, two and a half three weeks, uh, there will uh, there will not be mandatory masking. 
No, so. no they're going to continue what the, what the, is being called a targeted model uh, that'll be really school by school. Uh, basically what it was at the end of the school year where we had those two elementary schools go back because of the, the caseload. So. Yeah. And, and, and interesting, since he says since he got here, that issue is probably the one issue he's heard most from students and staff since getting here. So it's still a still a big discussion on probably both sides of of this whole thing. Uh, but there's no there's no mask mandate um, during the school year. There's no threshold actually in place that would trigger a future mask mandate. Um, and so there's there nothing looks imminent. Right now, it, it almost sounds a little bit like what the mayor said uh, on on this show last week uh, about there just being no plans for any kind of a blanket mask mandate. And so, yeah, I would imagine in, in LPS buildings on a building by building uh, case, you know, if you get a big outbreak, they're going to look at that as as maybe it is part of the mitigation efforts. So, well, you remember the end of last year, you had uh, what, a couple of elementary schools you know, like for the, for the last two, three days of school. They ended up Eastridge and Zeman, yeah, yeah. Eastridge and, and Zeman at at that point, and so perhaps you've got something that looks more like that once again. Uh, and uh, and then on top of that, in a related story which you had in your your newscast, it looks like um, in terms of cases in the area, hospitalizations, those sorts of things, no real significant change, no uh, no slight, huge uptick, slight decrease in the the number of cases and hospitalizations. One of the interesting numbers uh, that came out, I believe it was Monday, uh, and it was just kind of an after note on the number of people hospitalized. Um, they said that this included people that were hospitalized that no longer tested positive for COVID. Okay, but that were initially that initially did right, but, but we had, we still had essentially don't. tested out. We still don't know whether they were hospitalized because of COVID or hospitalized for some other reason and also had COVID. That number we do not know. Okay. So, in, but anyway, uh, no change in the risk dial. Uh, you're you're the one you like to uh, go all yucky on. Uh, wastewater surveillance uh, particles up a little bit. Oof, last okay. Week. All right. Um, I, I thought this was uh, this was a cool little story too. You know, I had I had uh, John Baylor on my show on Tuesday, and I, I like to throw him a couple of questions about education. And we were talking about the the Wallet Hub ranking that you had brought up, where Nebraska was ranked right. ninth in in quality of education. And he kind of brought it to a discussion about post secondary education, and and he talked about the infrastructure that we've got. Um, for post-secondary schools here, you know, of course the university, but he talked about how rare something like what we have with trade work with Southeast Community College is uh, in terms of the resources that are here. And then he talked a little bit about other um, state colleges that are that are affordable and and high quality as well. Um, but but it is interesting. It it uh, I I didn't I didn't realize this was under that this has been talked about at SCC, but they are going to allow their students who are enrolled um, above a certain credit limit hour this year to live in in some of the student housing at Nebraska Wesleyan. Yeah, I saw that that story. Yeah. Um, So they they've got some some space to fill. Um, You've got students who want to fill it from SCC. So you essentially kind of have an an alliance and it it's going to allow it's going to allow these SEC, SEC students to kind of have a more of a you know I guess a 
a campus-like life. College experience. A, a col- yeah. yeah, right. A, a, a college experience for this thing. And, and they, then they do their meal plan there. They do those sorts of things. Um, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like SEC. It's not technically like this, but it's almost like SEC then is another. It's just a part on the, of the campus of Nebraska Wesleyan. To some degree, yeah, we're yeah. just a, just you know different areas of of study to some degree, and and SCC of course also has the Career Academy, which is the lead um, group between LPS yes. and SCC. Yeah, so these type of uh, collaborative efforts, and and it, it goes outside those educational institutions. Even Bryan Health and Duncan Aviation have programs, right, uh, with LPS. So yeah, now I didn't know they did this. I read the the Journal Star article on this, which is a good piece by Chris Dunker. Um, but I didn't realize that they had done this in the late seventies and and in the eighties as well. In fact, you would have like Wesleyan students rooming together with SCC students. Part of you had you know campus uh, events were for for both of these, um, and so. If this if this works and and there there's the need and the the demand and the supply on both ends of this thing, um, they they may keep it going here at this point. But they get you know you get your student ID. I mean you get an ID card. You can get into football games and basketball games yeah, yeah. for it. I mean it really is. We need a uh, we need like a, a, a SEC a Nebraska Wesleyan campus shirt or something for for these people. But I I just think it's a I think it's a cool uh, it's a cool agreement. I think it just bolsters what's already Already something that's really strong, really beneficial um, in in Lincoln. Of course, SEC has other campuses as well, and probably something that we were talking about things that are underrated on Tuesday show. Um, I yeah. think I think the impact of of that uh, and the availability of that, and frankly, <laughs> frankly, Mark, I think more kids who are of uh, you know teenagers might do themselves well to to look at options. Like that to get themselves in the the best possible job and economic situation. Well, yeah, the the, the worker shortage, uh, the workforce uh, is such an issue. Uh, Commander Jack had Bud uh, Sinors from yeah. Leba, and they talked about it last night on Drive Time Lincoln, uh, and we talked about it last week on uh, Lincoln Business Beat podcast. Uh, it's a it's a real issue in getting uh, quality people to work in, across a wide variety of uh, vocations. So yeah. Anytime you can do that, and, and obviously supply demand. Uh, you know, we've heard about student housing being su- such a shortage, and if Nebraska mm-hmm. uh, Wesleyan has a little uh, underused uh, student housing capability, yeah. why not? Makes it makes perfect business sense from yeah. from the business aspect of, of those yeah. two schools. A lot of I, I think a lot of winners in in this whole thing. Um, so so glad to see it. And by the way, here's me encouraging people to go to SEC as I'm still paying debt on my uh, on my liberal arts degree from a <laughs> and small how many years private ago? college. I graduated in 2000 from wow. undergrad. Wow! And I am still. I uh, my wife and I both both still paying paying the debt for that and we're not we're not super close either to being done which wow. is something yeah i so i i know i don't know that i don't know that i'm necessarily in favor policy wise but i keep checking to see what's happening with this uh student loan forgiveness thing um if that whatever yeah they haven't talked about that for about a month or so no it it got 
didn't go over well in the Senate. Yeah, uh, there was talk about it being just ten thousand bucks straight up, and now they're talking about making some of the exceptions that 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 you know some of the way there's forbearance easier to get. But by the time they figure this out, I'm gonna have zeroed out my account probably. So anyway, it is what it is. I signed up for it. So yeah. Uh, and uh, Big Ten Media Days yesterday in Indianapolis. Anything shocking? So there's one thing I want to talk about a little bit more. I think maybe we'll we'll, we'll get into it at 810 or I'll get into it at 810, just kind of on the state of mind of the program that I thought was interesting yesterday and I'm a little concerned about. I'll, I'll save that for a little bit later in the show because it probably deserves a little more. Um, not shocking, Mark, but... Uh, it, uh, according to what Scott Frost says, say Casey Thompson is going to come in basically as the, as the starting quarterback at the beginning of fall camp, but he still says the job, you know, the job could be anyone's, but you're going to come in, you're going to be, he's going to be getting the first team reps. I think he probably is the odds on favorite to, to end up getting this, but that was something I think that was assumed by a lot of people, but hadn't necessarily been been said publicly by anyone on the coaching staff. So there was that. And then, and then Scott Frost talked a little bit more about what his role is going to be, um, as, as a coach, how that is changing, especially with respect to the offense. He won't be calling plays anymore. You've got the offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, who was doing that, but he wanted to make it very clear yesterday that he would not describe his role as hands off. Uh, one, one of the reporters, I think, asked him about if he was now just a figurehead. Yeah, was, I, I don't think he liked that. No, too it, much. It sounded like he was a little yeah. irritated with that. He does. He, he doesn't like that description, and so um, he's made it clear that he is he is going to be still. You know, I, I I suppose that means you're you know you're on the headset, you're discussing, you're you're talking strategy, you're making suggestions. Um, but, but Mark Whipple is going to be the one who ends up calling the plays. And, you know, he still didn't, he, he still didn't even hide his, I think, disappointment that that's what the plan is. Uh, he, he said, you know, paraphrasing, he said, but I'm, I'm a little sad about the fact that I'm not, I'm not calling the plays anymore. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see. I don't know. Sounds like a little tension no, still exists. It was, yeah, and and I want to get into when when I talk about this at eight ten today. I want to talk a little bit about uh, what, what Garrett Nelson had to say. Who, by the way, is like probably my favorite player over the uh, the last two years, and and still is. But I think he gave a little insight onto into the his mindset at least, and one that very well could spread beyond. Uh, him and, and perhaps it's uh, the coaching staff's mindset. Perhaps it goes further on the team, but it's about where they derive their motivation. And a look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects here. It's time for the sound off on LNK today. All right. Welcome back. 636 LNK today. But first, before we jump into our sound off today, I had a couple of people ask me. So, uh, you can go to klin.com slash request line Friday to always check out what the week's theme is. We're going to go general again this week. I, I need to make it as, uh, as turnkey as possible 
as the as the substitute DJ this Friday. And so we uh, whatever you want on Friday, and we'll see how I handle the reins of being the request line Friday DJ with Caleb being out. So be listening and get those requests in right now at the Brickstein Recognition text line 402-479-1400 or go to that website. You can do the same thing there, klin.com slash request line Friday. All right. It'll be my first request line Friday. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll... uh, We'll see. We'll see how we uh, how we do here yeah. uh, with that. Now uh, let's jump into the sound off today. Uh, we're waiting for those big, uh, important GDP numbers that are going to come out tomorrow, I believe. And White House still uh, still messaging about exactly what the economic situation that we are dealing with right now will be in the coming weeks and months and what those numbers mean and how they pertain to them. The White House continued its full court press yesterday to redefine what a recession is ahead of tomorrow's expected GDP numbers. Economic advisor Brian Deese is arguing, well, we're better off than some starving African nations. Obviously, the, the high prices are hitting Americans very hard, but uh, they're, they're in, in a way that is different from some places that are facing famine, for example. This has a new bank rate poll finds 51% of Americans have have little to no emergency funds, and 58% are very or extremely uncomfortable with the amount they have saved. This uh, this whole this whole issue has been dominated this week by the talk about semantics about what defines a recession um, and what the appropriate definition and how much does the the GDP number that comes out impact uh, or or fit the definition of recession and it's got to be one of the dumbest things that that you could spend your time talking about when this is happening on on all sides i think of of this it's it's almost you know it's all it's almost like there's a uh there's there's a car crash and uh the 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 first responders get there and instead of actually you know instead of actually saving lives and and making the scene taking care of the scene and those sorts of things they're debating whether it should be called a car crash or a car accident it's i i mean i honestly the i I could use less of the conversation about what it's called and more of the conversation about okay it is what it is it's not listen there's not a there's not a big surprise in terms of where we are right now, and it is a unique, it's a it's a bit of a weird economic situation, but there are problems with it in terms of inflation and the months that, I mean, the big question is, economically, you get into the fall, you get into the winter, are you still going to have people who are able to spend money at the rate that they are? right now that that's going to be that's going to be a big issue um and the weird combination of the unemployment levels where they are the inflationary issues the, the maybe the the lookings like the beginning of of a reduction a, a, a downturn in terms of gdp whatever recession not recession whatever you want to call it but it's i mean i mean it's not a it's not a big mystery what has happened but we're arguing, arguing about exactly what it's called um and 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 probably something that's going to impact it as much as anything is the decision the Fed has to make now in terms of interest rates. Do they once again raise those interest rates, which they probably will, 
Maybe the bigger question is just how much will they do that? The central bank is likely to raise its benchmark interest rate by three quarters of a percentage point as they did in June. Or they could perhaps hike rates by a larger full percentage point in an effort to tackle hot inflation running at a four decade high. The Fed hopes to slow the economy just enough to curb inflation without causing a recession, which investors fear. While further rate hikes are likely this year, analysts say Fed Chair Jerome Powell might be less specific about his expectations for the sizes hillary barsky fox news so i mean you've got you've got high inflation you still do have the job market strong consumer spending for the time being at least is still decent uh, and so with, with that scenario it does make sense to increase interest rates but the question you, you got to find that sweet spot because if the economy is is slowing and if it's shrinking at that point that's normally when you cut interest rates but it looks it, the more you hear about it the the fed is focused more on the inflation portion uh the the inflation issues than the strength of the economy issues at that point and that's why most of the reports indicate that they are looking at uh, a significant hike again at this point what does that mean borrowing more expensive uh for individual uh, companies and and eventually that does have an impact uh weakening the economy at that point but until until they see like the labor numbers deteriorating getting any worse i i think they'll continue to to raise this thing and the expectation is a three point uh, excuse me three quarter point hike like we said go from going from uh two point to, uh someplace between 2.25 and 2.5 be the fourth rate hike since march if that happens so sorry to get into the you know the the macroeconomics talk on here but it's a, it's a really significant one and since our our leaders seem to be most interested in in debating a name for what's happening right now i feel like it can kind of be helpful to to actually break through the you know what and and try and understand exactly what's happening what the impact is and and what can be done about those things um so i don't know if this i don't know if this is major surprising news or not um but we're starting to get an idea that perhaps the doj is in fact uh investigating donald trump for whatever role that he did or didn't have in january 6th there have been questions constantly about whether this was happening whether it was going to be some kind of a referral from the january 6th committee which frankly was was pretty irrelevant uh but you're starting to get indications that maybe this not only is going on but has been going on this latest on former president donald trump potentially under criminal investigation by the department of justice from the washington post attorney general merrick garland at the helm of the investigation into the attack on the u.s capitol asked specifically about former president trump in that interview with nbc news listen we will hold accountable anyone who was criminally responsible for attempting to interfere with the transfer, legitimate lawful transfer of power from one administration to the next. The Post is reporting that witnesses have met before a grand jury and those witnesses were asked specifically about conversations with Trump and others in his inner circle who allegedly tried to put in Trump allies in place of electors in some states where now President Joe Biden won after the 2020 election. And I know, you know, there was a sit down with Merrick Gar. I believe Lester Holt had a sit down with with him and and that's where that sound came from. But there's this constant sort of desire in in the, the media to get a yes or no on what's happening from the Department of Justice from Merrick Garland and they're not 
I mean, traditionally, they don't say anything about these investigations, nor do they want to. And and then they, you know, at some point down the road, then eventually action is taken or not taken accordingly uh, with that. But they're not talking about it along the way. And so this constant hand wringing, is it happening or isn't it happening? Or are, are, are people worried that it's not happening or upset that it is happening? I mean, there. This is not. This would not be out of the out of the ordinary whatsoever for the general public to not really have any idea what's going on in the background. Um, so, for what it's worth, I don't. I mean, I don't know what you make out of what Garland said there. It, it seemed to be kind of just boilerplate obviousness there. But maybe the news of those grand juries is a little bit uh, more significant in this whole thing. Meanwhile, uh, both Trump and Mike Pence once again doing dueling speeches in the same city yesterday for the second time in a few days. Former President Trump, former Vice President Mike Pence, giving two separate, very different speeches in Washington today. Uh, The former president just wrapped here. He gave a speech. In doing so, uh, he mentioned a number of typical Trump topics when it came to public safety, immigration, and the economy, and also other issues like the January 6th committee, impeachment, and the 2020 election. A few hours earlier and less than a mile away, Trump's Vice President Mike Pence addressed college student conservatives at the Young America's Foundation. As the former president continues his grievances about the 2020 election, Pence says it's time to look forward. And yesterday, Mike Pence announced his upcoming book called So Help Me God. That is going to be coming out, interestingly, on November 15th, 2022, according to Simon & Schuster. They're the publisher The book recounts his journey from his youth in Columbus, Indiana, to the vice presidency. It's the inside story of the Trump administration by its second highest ranking official and a profound uh, of a profound faith that has guided Pence throughout his life. It the announcement. So this is interesting. They're going both directions on this thing. It will offer the most robust defense of the Trump record of anyone who served in the administration. And it will also chronicle Trump's severing of their relationship on January 6, 2021, when Pence kept his oath to the Constitution. So we're going to be really, we're going to be, we're going to be nice about most of the bit, and then we're going to talk about the end, and, and, you know, that might not be as, as nice. So anyway, fascinating. Everybody, there must be a lot of money in books, guys. There must be a lot, everybody, everybody who's got something to say about politics, uh, or about what happened, Politically, in a situation, they love, they're going straight to the book almost every time. Uh, hey, guys, guess what? Mark reported this earlier. No winner in Mega Millions last night, and that means things are about to get crazy. The next Mega Millions jackpot just jumped to an estimated $1.02 billion, making it the fourth largest jackpot in world history. The cash option of $602.5 million would itself classify as the 12th biggest lottery prize. Lotto fever's been spreading since the last Mega Millions winner on April 15th, driving up ticket sales and the jackpot. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. All right, get your tickets now. If you didn't win last time, it doesn't mean you can't this time because no one did. Even though that uh, Raising Cane's boss guy bought 50,000 tickets, he's out. He's out, uh, what, a hundred grand? He's out a hundred grand after uh, after doing that. Didn't win any of them, so sorry. Back to work, raising canes. Uh, 
Uh, a couple interesting things here from bordering states. Uh, Nebraska, of, of course, we've talked a lot about this over the last few months and years, is uh, looking at potentially having a ballot initiative regarding medical marijuana. South Dakota is, has done this, and they may be uh, getting ready to go a little bit further on the issue. South Dakota's first state-licensed medical marijuana facility outside Sioux Falls, the first of more to come, is opening today as pot sales begin in South Dakota for patients enrolled in the state's program. After voters overwhelmingly approved medical marijuana in 2020. Medical marijuana has only been available in South Dakota on tribal land and as voters prepare for a redo in South Dakota as an initiative to legalize recreational pot is also said to appear on the ballot this November. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. All right. And so, you know, you got a little, we can kind of see what this looks like from a uh, state away as we're making policy decisions on this. And then this story out of Kansas, they've had such a heat wave down there over this summer that they are losing cattle like crazy. And what's making news is what is happening to these cattle and their 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 bodies essentially so what exactly did cattle farmers in kansas do after thousands of cows died during a heat wave last month well it turns out they brought them to the landfill after cattle companies transported the carcasses the cows were then flattened with machinery and mixed in with the trash according to reuters state officials say at least two thousand heads of cattle died last month but some estimates actually place that number as high as 10,000. John Saucier, Fox News. I mean, what else? I, I, I guess, what else do you do? I, 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 I'm not an expert. Mark can help me on that, on how, how you dispose of a, a dead cow. <laughs> I don't know if you bury a ma- get a make a mass grave or something. I don't, I, I don't quite know exactly what you do, but I can tell you one thing. That could not have smelled good. Holy cow. 98 degrees and humid and trash mixed in it. Ugh. This story's weird. So you, you might have seen the headline yesterday that uh, Tony Dow from Leave It to Beaver died. Hold your horses, everybody. Tony is still alive. Tony is still alive. I repeat. Tony Dow, the actor who played Wally on TV's classic sitcom, Leave It to Beaver, is under hospice care. Earlier Tuesday, the 77-year-old's management team said the actor had passed in a Facebook post, but that was now taken down. His son, Christopher Dow, said he is still alive, but in his last hours. According to TMZ, he was diagnosed with cancer in May of this year. Dow found fame as Wally Cleaver on the show, which ran from 1957 to 63. His acting career continued with shows like My Three Sons before serving in the National Guard from 65 to 68. He continued into acting in the mid-2000s with Dickie Roberts' former child star, Michelle Polino, Fox News. That's right. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, this is probably a pretty excruciating situation, but the wife, his wife legit thought he had passed away. And for whatever reason, I don't know exactly what was happening while he was in hospice care, but his wife believed that and they went forward with this announcement that turned out to be errant. But uh, unfortunately, it looks like it probably is just a a matter of time. And then on a much lighter note, uh, hear this. You looking for a job? I know everybody's got help wanted signs out, right? And, And so the jobs are available right now if you need one. Uh, but I don't think this is one that they're going to have a hard time 
filling. Take a listen. Maybe you could be a chief candy officer. Online candy retailer Candy Funhouse is looking for a chief candy officer. For some, the chance to taste more than 3,500 products each month is compensation enough, but there is a paycheck involved. Nearly 80,000 bucks a year in U.S. dollars. Applicants must be at least five years old, live in North America, be free of food allergies, and be fluent in English. The CCO would help select the candy they sell on their website, which currently lists a plethora of snacks and drinks from blueberry muffin flavored Kit Kats to teriyaki flavored Lay's chips and dark berry Dr. Pepper. The oh. deadline for applications is August 31st. See, Lillian Wu, Fox News. It sounds great. It's, I mean, it sounds like 80 grand to eat candy, but you got to try all these garbage flavors that they try to make of everything of now. They got 4,000 different Oreos up there on the shelf now. They got 37 different versions of Dr. Pepper. 90% of them, guys, probably are not good. So just be careful when you're applying for this job to anyone apparently over five, five years old. I was just going to say, at least five years old. <laughs> at least five, yeah, that'll <laughs> right. do it. All right, 653, we'll take a break. Officer Chad's in the house with us. We'll talk to the cop next on KLIN. The Donut. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. Well, um... You know, I don't want to break the news, but Chad just said he's applying for that chief candy officer uh, position. Totally. Totally. Teriyaki chips? I'm down. <sighs> Again, there's so much there's so much unnecessary growth in the... <laughs> Chad, when we were kids, there was, uh, you know, there was uh, uh, Doritos. There was Doritos and maybe Cool Ranch Doritos. Now we got 39 Doritos. Can- it's... Candy cigarettes. Candy, candy cigarettes. By the way, those things, the the full draw of those was just the controversy because they tasted terrible. They I mean, it was like essentially chalk. chalk with a little yes. sugar in it. Yes, they did. Uh, what was the other one where you had the little stick and you dip it Fun in dip. the sugar? Yes. Oh. Fun dip. I yep. would throw the sticks away and just shotgun the, the dip. <laughs> the sticks were great. The, yes, The they sticks were. were good, too. Yeah, that was good too. And then it, uh, all the all the uh, tobacco adjacent products. You remember Big League Chew? <laughs> oh yeah, had the greatest uh, that, flavor that of coffee any gum ever. Only lasted ten, 10 to fifteen <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. But I'm with you. That was that. Uh, the great Big League Chew was amazing. What was uh, Bazooka? The one that Bazooka had the that had comic the, strips. Had the jo- uh, yeah, yeah, the comic strips. Yeah. Yes. What was the name of the comic? It was Smoking Joe. Joe Bazooka. Joe Bazooka. There yes. Was Can you name Joe, any I? gums? <laughs> Uh, besides mint flavored gums that did last longer than 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, I don't know. Though. Big red juicy fruit spearmint. Yeah, yeah um, a little bit longer. But I was into the bubble the bubble gum that came, you know, like a little it was a little cube almost. Bubblicious and hubba bubba. Hubba bubba. That's the, the first few chews of that were amazing. Oh yeah. And then uh, the great quickly hubba turned bubba. To yes. You, oh, yep, man, that was a living. All right. <laughs> We got off on the tangent there. <laughs> Tell us about what's happened with Crime Stoppers today. Uh, first one is procedural problems. On the 18th of July, uh, Citrine Med Spa had a customer come in, uh, received a cosmetic medical procedure, about $2,400 value. Then she just walked out after the procedure didn't pay. She left in a black four-door sedan. But apparently when you go get these treatments, they take a face shot of you. So we have... The best shot on Crime Stoppers I've ever seen of the suspect. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what you just got a, just got a cosmetic procedure and walked out the door. Yeah, that's. I didn't know that. Chad, there's just, a lot. We, I've been doing this a lot of years. You've been doing this a lot of years. 
That's all a whole lot of new stuff in one single story. There. Yeah, the only thing I don't have any experience with there is a cosmetic procedure. Well, you don't I, need I mean, it. clearly, you're looking so. out. That's, it's all Chad's all natural. It's yeah. natural and it's spectacular. Uh, wow. <laughs> It's a good thing we're on radio. All right. Uh, Next one's a little more serious. This one is just wanted. Uh, Wanted. And, folks, we honestly, we don't generally put names on Crime Stoppers, but we need to catch Gustavo Cardenas. There's a $1,000 reward has been approved for information leading to his arrest. Gustavo was driver on July 2nd that was westbound on O Street, crossed a median, caused a fatality, and then left the scene. Um, We really need to get him picked up. Yeah. And a pretty good picture there on the uh, yes on the post there, Lincoln Crime Stoppers. Yeah, not quite as good as the first one, but it's it's yeah. a good shot. All right, LincolnCrimeStoppers dot com. Check it out. Thanks so much, Chad. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Seven o'clock, KLI Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at Forty Fourth and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK today with Jack and friends on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with what chaps your hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your high. Or you can check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash LNCated. And if you haven't yet, give that thing a like. We post our podcast there, information about the show, a whole lot of other stuff, chance to win prizes and more. So if you're not liking that page and you're on Facebook, you should be Facebook dot com slash l n k today it is time your opportunity to get that little thing that's been irking you out into the ether and perhaps find some people who feel the same way that you do but didn't really want to say it we listen to what you say we create positivity out of it and uh we have some fun doing it as well it's time for what chaps your head wins we're getting close to maybe Solving the world's problems. There's only small th- face. Th- uh, now, t- t- a small Facebook response. Small Facebook response. We're getting close to you, closer to Utopia. The one thing I will mention is I posted it about five uh, hours later than I usually do. Oh, so that well, uh, I was busy doing uh, wedding officiant prep yesterday afternoon. I got kind of lost in it, and uh, and then I realized. Luckily, I did realize, but I realized I hadn't yet put that up. So. That might have played into it. But on the other hand, we may be hurtling toward utopia. It's hard to tell. I, yeah, I, it's hard to tell which well, is. I'm maybe not hurtling, but uh well the the phones are the phones are busy. The <laughs> yeah, text line is yeah, busy. Yeah, so let's before, do it. Before we make any bold declarations, let's see what that Paul has to say this morning. Good morning, that Paul. The floor is yours. You wanna know what's happening chapping my hide? Yes. The French. <laughs> French fries claimed by the French, but invented by the Belgians. Oh, and French toast, more like ancient Roman toast. <laughs> French dip made in the USA, baby. But if the wine is made anywhere outside of France, you cannot call it champagne. How is that fair? <laughs> but what is really chapping my hide, the way they are intentionally trying to confuse us. That who were the greatest fictional yeah. group of Swordsmen in the history of France. Who are the the three musketeers? Yeah, yeah. Can you name any of them? Uh, mm, yes. I, I I don't think I can. Uh, Jacques Jacques and Pierre, maybe. I'm not sure. I think wasn't one of them Arthos. Yes. I have no idea. Porthos. Yeah. 
Um, and Gary. I know it's not Ralph. Aramis. Yes. Okay. And? Well, there are only oh. three, right? Uh, no. There's one more. Uh, starts with... Dark uh, uh. Canyon! Yeah. I knew that one. Okay. Okay. So that's four, not three musketeers. <laughs> oh, and if they're always fighting with sabers... Why are they called musketeers? <laughs> they have never been seen carrying firearms. They only fight with swords, and yet they are called musketeers. They step in. I gotta go. Thank you. Plus, their candy bar is kind of garbage. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Not on my top five candy bar list. Not on my top five either. But I will disagree with that statement. <laughs> Let's go back to the uh, the Rickstein recognition. <laughs> Hotline. Debbie is uh, next. Debbie, that Paul beat you this week, so you have to follow him. Sorry. That's not a problem. <laughs> I like listening to what he has to say. And today I do have to agree with him. Okay. Four musketeers when there's really, when there's, when they say three. No, I agree. <laughs> but what I'm calling about is I have this, this thing where I have to have all the light switches on a bank of light switches in the same direction. <laughs> or when I, I don't know, you know, if one is up and three are down, I have to go find where that goes so I can go upstairs to get that light, turn it down so I can come back downstairs and turn that other one off. So all of them are lying if either they're all up or they're all down. Yeah, do you mean like the kind where there's two switches that control the same thing? So you want to yeah. you want to uh-huh. make you want to make sure down means off for all of them? That's exactly right. I'm just terrible about that. And I'm also terrible about uh, shades. You know, if you've got multiple shades for windows, yeah. and I pull them up, they have to be perfectly even. You know, these OCD symptoms mine are just awful. But guess what, Jack? What? I found out that somebody else is as ridiculous about it as me, and that is my personal <laughs> trainer. Today, this morning at the gym, we were talking about he's just as bad as me. So I thought, yes, I'm not the only <laughs> one that has this this crazy obsession of having my light switches and my... <laughs> And my shades the same. Oh, Debbie, that's uh, that's good. You know, OCD isn't all that it's made out to be, because if it were really OCD, it'd be CDO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Debbie. Get, get, oh, yeah. get to work on those light switches, okay? Well, I will check them every day. I do that, Jack. It's just... Quite an obsession of mine is so weird. Uh, thank you, Debbie. I appreciate uh, it. I do some. I do one weird thing like that. I have a weird thing where I refuse to put in on the. This is so dumb. On on the microwave, I refuse to put in numbers that are divisible by five or ten. <laughs> what? I I don't know why, but I I will never put anything in for a minute. So you put it in for like fifty nine, fifty eight seconds, or one oh three, or or something. I'm like the same that. way, except with my alarm clock. You won't do it for an exact division. I don't know. Correct. Wh- yeah. I don't know what it is, but well, I can tell you one thing that explains a lot. <laughs> All right, back to the phones four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. James is next. James, good morning. What's chapping your hide? Yeah, I uh, went fan day last night, and I parked on the street for free, but I did see that they charged $7 to park in the parking garage. Yeah, I'm making uh, some dough on that. Yeah, don't you think they could probably let people park for free to go see a football team that's uh, been so far for a while? Uh, how was the crowd, by the way? Was it still, still pretty packed? Yeah, it was good. 
it was a good time. Good. Good. Yeah, I uh yeah, I can I can see why you why that would be a bit frustrating. All right, I got you, James. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Park there's a lot of money in parking, Mark. Ooh, wow. Lot. There is. I'm gonna buy one of those I'm gonna when when one of those uh they finally hit the bubble on student housing, mm-hmm. uh I'm gonna buy one of those and ter- just renovate it into a parking garage <laughs> in downtown Lincoln and just make some serious dough. Think about it. Think about. There's uh, a lot of parking downtown. Also, also, why do we? Do, why on like on Saturdays are we enforcing parking meters in downtown Lincoln? It's all about the money. It's, like there are just swaths, swaths of parking available down there, and I've gotten the most parking tickets that I've got in, uh, uh, from downtown Lincoln. I've been on Saturdays when I've been like, they're not really going to enforce this. There's a oh, there's yeah. a bajillion spots right here at this point. And sure enough, I get back and I get my little nasty gram on underneath my windshield wiper. So I got to go online and give him ten bucks. But yep, it's frustrating. It's it's all about the money. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to the text line. Uh, Mike Dub says, "Which have to say this is an interesting one." He says, "Lack of a big box hardware store in Northeast Lincoln would love Menards by the Walmart on North Eighty Fourth Street." You know, it it is isn't it interesting that you've got. Basically, three big box hardware stores in two different places in town that are very close together. Uh, Southeast Lincoln and Northwest Lincoln. North Central, technically. Oh, it's 27th. In the, you call 27th Central? It's actually, technically, it's Northeast Lincoln. Oh, stop it. Nobody. <laughs> I know you're looking at a map and you're, no one calls 27th and and Cornhusker yes, I, I get Northeast you, Lincoln. I, I get what you like. But. You, you're going to try and tell Mike he really does have one in North Lincoln because he can go to 27th and <laughs> Cornhusker, 27th and Superior. Please. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Man, you got to go. Like, say you live at, uh, I don't know, 70th and Havelock. Right. Oh you, well, the, you just need to go to Wolf. Wolf. Wolf Ace Hardware. They're not big box store, but the he kids, wants, he wants got, big box. They got everything. He here. wants big box. I mean, still, Northeast Northeast Lincoln does still get get a little screwed. I mean, you don't have that. You still you still can't get them a movie theater. I mean, East Park is about is as north and as east as you yeah. you really get. They still get the raw end on a lot of things. Now, they did get that Walmart. Remember how controversial? You don't remember. But I remember how controversial that was to actually happen. Yeah, but they've got the cheapest gas in town. They do have They do have cheap gas that out is there. Not, that is not a membership They club. do have a lot of restaurants out there now, so it's getting better. But, uh, but like, I get the I get some of the frustration. Um, let's see. Uh, Chicken Rich says, well, I was going to say humidity. Humidity chaps my hide, but it isn't anything close to walking first into a spider web this morning and having it stuck all over me <laughs> and the spider crawling into who knows where. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we got anything else here? Let's see. Oh, here we go. Craig says, uh, chat by the term week zero. There's no such thing. Of course, he's referring to the college football schedule and high school football schedule does it too. When they put one week ahead of the, uh, the, the real opening weekend and have a few games, Nebraska's played in it two years in a row and they call it week zero. And that is not, not a thing at all. And Chris in Olathe just uh, told us it's going to be utopia. When Debbie doesn't have a chap. That's true. When we'll know. When she says, I've got nothing, I've got nothing, you know that we have gotten to that point. And then back to the, and then over to the Facebook page. Uh, let's see, we've got a couple of them. 
Uh, Lori says stores, especially grocery stores that didn't adjust their indoor temps when 100 degree weather outside changed to 70 degrees. My teeth were <laughs> chattering as I checked out and I wished I wasn't wearing a sleeveless shirt. This, this always happens when I take my daughter with me when we are, uh, when we're doing grocery shopping in the summer because she'll wear, you know, like a, a tank top or, or something like that. And we'll always get into, like the 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 dairy the section. dairy it's the dairy section yeah. is the biggest culprit, and she's like I'm so cold in here, <laughs> but, but I am I'm never and, and I am never I have I haven't experienced the feeling of cold since probably April at this point it just hasn't happened for me, so uh, it's it's just kind of a kind of how it happens. All right, let's go. Oh. Peter says uh, wearing jeans on a day that begins in the 60s and results in the 80s. I need year-round cargo shorts like Jack. Yes. So, I what I am urging our next our next fashion project to be and and it goes straight to what Peter's talking about. Yeah. I think we need convertible cargo pants, pants that yep. can do, with zip off, off zip yep. off legs for people like Peter and then, you know, Things change. You're going to a little bit less formal event. All of a sudden, whoop, they're right off. They need to have a zipper up the outside or, or the inside, too, so that you don't have to pull them down over your shoes. Exactly. We can do this. We yeah. get, I mean, listen, cargo, cargos, if nothing else, are practical, and we that need to have that front of mind. By the way, do you know Caleb uh, asked me to wear cargo shorts to officiate his wedding? <laughs> no I, joke. Uh, yes, <laughs> I can. It's not he, a joke. They're, get, they're getting married in a state park yeah, outside. And, yep. Uh, this yeah. is my favorite. This is already my favorite wedding I've ever been to. But you don't except for a, my own. But. You don't have a quarter zip on, do you? No, it's too. I, mean, I got my. You know, I got my. You got a collared shirt. I know. I'm looking good, aren't I? Here you are. Back to the phones. Wayne is next. Wayne, good morning. What is chapping your hide? Well, it's uh, those guys that buy a house, and they know there's no uh, stores that they want to go to in that area, <laughs> and then they want the stores to build by their house for them. All I got to say is there's plenty of room in Iowa for them. <laughs> Wayne, you've lost our host. This <laughs> is the joke that never dies. Uh, and then uh, another one from Logan. He says, the government, I can't take it seriously anymore. They are just, I don't even have the words. Um, yeah, uh, Steve says I'm uh, I'm with Jack on what he said yesterday. I'm so sick of the political crap going on all the time. I got to tell you guys, I'm taking vacation next week, going to the lake, and I plan on disconnecting fully uh, with with political news and uh, and national political news. It's going to be wonderful. It is going to be so. Nice. Chicken Rich says, clarify, zip off pant legs, not zip off pants. That would be freaky. That's funny. Mm, who knows? My, my, Mike Dub says, Wolf Hardware is the most boomer store ever. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know if I've been there. Where is that? It's in Havelock. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. The one that, All right, uh, I know the one that uh, Dave uh, um, Albers uh, loves to go to. He talks, <laughs> about, you had, talked, he talks about it going in there. Just, you know, it's great. I gotta check it out. I got, but you know the, the I'm over there by. Uh, so it's interesting the choices that you make whether you go to the the smaller hardware store or the big box store. It it just kind of depends what you need. Um, I always prefer to go yeah. the local route. Yeah, I do so, too. And by the way, it's way more convenient for me drive wise. So I end up going there 
a lot, and um, and so I I go a lot to the uh, uh, Steve Glenn's place on 70th and and Van Dorn, right? Glenn, but Glenn's true value, Glenn's true value, and the, the the but when I go there, you can set your clock if you're a clerk there. If you're a clerk there, you know this. Set a clock for about 45 minutes, and you'll be back. Visit number two. <laughs> Another 45 minutes. Visit number three. <laughs> They they need to have the Jack uh, Mitchell Memorial parking spot out there just uh, for you. Kathy says she believes uh, Wolf Hardware closed permanently. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. I'll have to figure that out. And then uh, Dealer Dave says, "Don't run out of gas going down 70th Street to your big box <laughs> hardware store." Exactly right. The longest. Oh, thank you for allowing me to get on my soapbox. Thanks for putting it over the the longest stretch of in America. I know this isn't true, but I say it anyway. The longest stretch of road in America without a gas station is 70th street from van dorn to i don't know pioneers no no, no the other direction oh, van north. dorn to pioneers that's what that's that's a quarter of a mile no van dorn all the way north to i don't know if there's one is that one by metalane still a, a thing or do you have to go even further than that I'm you got to sure get to done for you probably have to get to that casey's that's across from sportscasters the one that we were talking about, oh, yeah, had the cheap gas yesterday. That's, uh, what, Adams? No. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's Adams. 70th and Adams. Yeah, that's like, that's, uh, that's like 15 miles or something. It's too long. It's too long. So, anyway, I think that's it. I think that's it. Anything else? Doesn't sound like it. All right. <laughs> uh, Midtown Dave says, Wolf Ace Hardware is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the local. That's the other thing. Getting help in those places, very. Oh, getting good help in those places, yeah. very. And they that's are, the other thing. I'm so good at that. I'm going there. You know what? I spend about eighty percent of my time uh, in those places, though. Trying to find go, going through the little screw and washer and bolt area <laughs> yeah. with one that I have and trying to match something that looks close to it, and then I'm then I'm bringing like three of them up, and I'm like, these are eight cents each, mm-hmm. and <laughs> sometimes you can't pay with your debit card because it's too cheap. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I'll take some beef jerky and <laughs> I guess a diet Mountain By the way, the and- next time you go to the hardware store, pick up a uh, oh, jug of uh, Windex. Why is that? Because I found out that if you ever have a desire to run naked, you spray yourself with Windex because it prevents streaking. Thank you, Mark. 726, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. All right, thank you very much, John. Right now in the capital city, 68 degrees. Jack Mitchell here for Daryl's Jewelers. Visually stunning pieces. The, the, the kind that, and I wouldn't call myself a, a jewelry connoisseur by by any means, but when Daryl has taken the time to uh, talk to me a little bit about his process for creating custom jewelry, the collaboration with the client, the story behind it, and then, and then he says, and this is what we ended up with, and has showed it to me, and he's done this a few times, and I am, I've had a, I have had a visible and audible reaction every time when I've seen these things, and just how incredibly intricate and beautiful and meaningful that they are, and that's what you're going for when you're looking for custom jewelry. You're going for something that has some real meaning, some real symbolism to the relationship that it represents. And Daryl specializes in that. Do it right when you do it. Get your custom jewelry. Make it together with Daryl to Daryl's Jewelers. And it's right here in Lincoln where you can do that. You're going to find them at 69th and O. That's in Meridian Park. You can also check them out online for more information. You can do that at Daryl's Jewelers.com. 
It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is 7.39 on LNK Today with Jack and Friends, and it is time to count them down. This is your Morning Drive, and let's get it started today with... Number five. Board of Education, the LPS Board of Education met last night. They got a very uh, comprehensive summary of safety and uh, planning in case of uh, issues. Talk about school resource officers and the collaboration between uh, all of the different public safety agencies. And then, uh, of course, this was the first meeting for new superintendent, Dr. Paul Gausman. And uh, the question about when school starts, what about masks? And uh, the answer is... No masks will be required when school starts. All right. Um, yeah, so that question has been asked of me a few times. Um, I, I figured since the city was where it was and has been for a while, that probably would be the case. I'm sure there. I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Gosman said it yesterday. He said this is already the number one thing that I've been talked to about since I've gotten on the job from teachers and students and, and parents alike. So, we have an answer there, um, Mark. That'll, I mean, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be flexible. It'll be potentially changed. Um, maybe most likely first, though, changed on a case by case basis, like we saw at the end of last year, where there were uh, a couple of couple of schools, I believe, Zeman and Eastridge, that they did put a mask mandate on because of cases that were in that school. It's a targeted specifically targeted approach to it rather than district wide. Right. And and they're going to uh, evaluate it as they do. They do work with the health department very closely on on, on these decisions. Uh, and as long as the health department stays without a mask mandate, uh, you know, probably if it ever does come back, it'll be on indoor uh, mask yeah. mandate. But uh, as long as that's not in place, but, uh, LPS is in, in good shape to uh, make a, the decisions on a case uh, location by location basis. As it stands now, the the, the um, another mask mandate not on the radar for LPS, for the city of Lincoln, for Lancaster County, for any of those things at this point. And the numbers, as you reported earlier, Mark, you know, seem to be kind of generally holding holding steady. Um, a little higher than they were, but not skyrocketing, not going up like the uh, like an exponential graph or anything. And like I think that. It, while it's not said nearly enough, I think you have to realize that the the deaths have been few and far between yes. from this. Yeah, uh, we've got treatments that are are much more effective. Uh, vaccination rates are extremely high, and we have uh, excellent uh, ways to treat. And so, one thing that'll be interesting, I know, you know, just going to some school events for my daughter last year. When there was no mask mandate for for the end of the year, and I can't remember when when it was there and got taken away, but nonetheless, there were still you know there were still some parents who had their kids um, wear masks, and you know whatever their their choice to to do that, and maybe there are some underlying reasons why why they're doing that. I wonder how much that still happens. I wonder if if there are some parents and teachers who. Are wishing there was one, or if there are a lot, you know, I'm sure there's um, on both sides of this thing. There's probably a lot of people saying, you know, good. It makes it a whole lot easier to teach and and oh. learn and have, have get back to normalcy in the classroom, which took longer than anything else um, when when you don't have this going and, on. And so. the other the other thing is that you know, from six months till death, you can be vaccinated. Yeah, that's a and, and to that's, me that was that's a yeah. huge difference in what we had last year. Yep, to me that was um, 
that was a, a, a that's when when my mind changed on on a lot of things as well. So and besides, uh, you're yeah. throwing all your masks away. Yeah, I went to uh, had to go to a, a doctor's appointment for my son yesterday, and they're you know in some of the medical buildings they're still requiring masks. And I got to the door and they had to sign up, and I was like, I, I don't have, I don't know where mine are. They now, have. luckily, they had them at the at the front desk, and so I was able to do that. But that was a that was a blast from the past putting that thing on again. Yep. Put it on upside down first. I've already forgotten. Apparently, it's not like riding a bike wearing a mask. But nonetheless, it was nice to get it off again. Number four. Nebraska football finished media days yesterday. Fan night last night. Now getting ready for their first practice. I think it's coming up, what, 845? Yep, about about an hour from right now. So, Jack, what are your takeaways from the things that uh, were said by Coach Frost and the players? Uh, I've listened to one of the players. I don't remember which one it was very articulate oh really yeah um well they 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 had Newsom and travis uh Vokalek, uh that were up there and then uh garrett nelson as well um so the, we don't have time in this segment to get into one of the things that i want to get to that probably was my main takeaway and that's about where this team is at least portions of it with what what was said seems to be drawing motivation and i'm going to get into that at 8 10 but more of the x's and o's stuff um you know i did think it was if there was any doubt that casey thompson will likely be the guy at quarterback i thought uh, a lot of that was 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 kind of cleared up provided he stays healthy yeah if he he stays healthy which he sounds like he is recovered from uh, some of the issues that he was having on his hand but um it, it sounds like they're 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 starting camp with him in the lead and of course you gotta you know you gotta clarify that doesn't mean that the job is decided that sort of thing but it would seem unlikely that you're gonna go in with him and that changes during the course of fall camp so you have an idea the the thing uh, in terms of positive things the, uh, hearing how um hearing how some of the players were describing what the offense looked like now and i know by now we take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt but there's some genuine excitement about the the way this offense looks and is different and hums under Mark Whipple. Um, and, you know, with all the talk that there's been out there about whether or not he's willing to run the ball, just to hear them be kind of effusive about what it's looked like, I think is, I think is pretty exciting too. So I think that was one of the, one of the good takeaways. And, and yeah, this is, uh, you know, we're in July and, and we get going. And, and you mentioned, Mark, that uh, practice starts in an hour. Here's how they're going to do this they're going to have kind of the fall camp type practices through Sunday, August 14th, so um, two weeks from Sunday. And then then they're going to have a, a a week of like at-home game week preparation. There'll be a, maybe a, little bit, a different schedule then. And then on the Monday, um, uh, the 22nd, they go out to Ireland. So you go so on that, Monday to play on Saturday. So they'll get that's their the they'll get get their Tuesday morning. Yeah, I, I suppose that's that's how it happens. And then you spend those days, of, of course, acclimating, doing things to get ready for the game, and uh, and doing some practicing in Ireland as well. So yeah, it's it's that obviously it's earlier this year because they're playing earlier than they typically do in the season. Although they have for the last two years. Interesting so, to see if that uh, heat wave over there is broken by then. Yeah. I, what what was one of the I heard one of the quotes from somebody at, uh, who I don't know if they were marketing the game or what but they were Irish and they were saying yeah when you come to Ireland you don't come here for the weather <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll see I don't know what that how that exactly plays out in late August there but uh, yeah hopefully hopefully some good weather there for uh, I, I I always picture it as very cloudy but and cool uh, yeah cloudy and cloudy and cool. 
number three. A little bit of a mountain lion controversy in Wahoo. Ooh. Spokesperson for Nebraska Game and Parks uh, said what a couple there uh, thought was a mountain lion roaming their yard was just a house cat. Uh, they determined it wasn't a mountain lion, but the couple who lives where the sighting took place was informed about the conclusion. They said they've got doubts. Homeowner Jody Hunky Hunky is a former farm girl who's owned cats, including a large Maine Coon. Uh, she says it's too big to be an indoor feral cat. Uh, that would have made Maine Coon look like a little stuffed animal, she said. That was big. A house cat isn't that big. Okay, so what are we dealing with out in Wahoo then? Game and Park says it's not a mountain lion. Jody says, and I trust Jody. Jody says that that ain't no that ain't no cat. That ain't no house cat. Is this like a, a cat form Bigfoot that we're dealing with here? Could be some sort of an unidentified species between giant house cat and mountain lion. I wonder if it was a bobcat. They're a little bigger than a house cat. No. Mountain lion. Of course, you know, we got mountain lions in northern Lancaster County, right in northwestern Lincoln. Yeah, I know. I just I mean, maybe they went to Wahoo for lunch. What is this, this like a, a house cat the size of a Great Dane? Or what? <laughs> I'm terrified of this. Yeah? I, I am, uh, I, I, I don't know, but... Game and Parks and and uh, Jody are not. They they still have not come to an agreement. They got video of it. We'll have to we'll have to watch the video and see if we can compare it to that video from uh, Northwest Lincoln uh, up there in Air Park. I didn't that, see that one. Uh, that was that was off a uh, door camera, and uh, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty clear that is a mountain lion. I'm watching. I'm pulling up the video right now to see if I can make an assessment on this. Do you think you would know, obviously? I mean, it was from a decent distance. That, kind that, of walking in an open, grassy makes, area. That makes it tougher. But Aren't there some some, some movement? I mean, it's not the... Okay, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Man, zoom in some more. Yeah. I don't know. That That is a pretty big house cat. That is a pretty big house cat. If that's what it is, so uh, I don't know. If you uh, if you guys are uh, if you guys from Wahoo have seen Bigfoot the cat, please report it. Please let us know where it is. Please make sure it doesn't come south. Yeah, what we don't, we don't need is a, plus I'm probably allergic to it. So. it yeah, but we we need to stay away from those because if you get too close to them, it can be a catastrophe. Oh jeez. Also, one other unrelated question: Does it feed on Canada geese? Just asking for a friend. I think it would. They, uh, okay, maybe they're... maybe I will roll out the welcome wagon then to Lincoln. Largest litter box ever. <laughs> Just, you, drain one of the swimming pools. And you think and you think uh, Reggie uh, leaves a, a, oh, yeah. a bank deposit? Oh my oh. gosh! Don't even get me started. Number two. Well, for the second time in a week, uh, out in uh, far southwestern Nebraska, north central Kansas, a little uh, earth shake yesterday morning. What is happening, Mark? Uh, 3.6 magnitude, 704 yesterday morning, about six miles west southwest of Superior. That's actually in north central Jewel County, Kansas. So, Did you I, feel it? No. I didn't either. <laughs> I, did, I didn't notice it. But they did um, say the one a week ago was actually... Uh, well, there were some, they said that there was some that you could feel in Lincoln, the last one, a little bit, which I didn't, but I think somebody had a little too much. This uh, is also... Red Bull. Uh, 
this is also the area that always seems to get hit with the worst of severe weather and winter weather as well. Now they got earthquakes there, they got blizzards, they got they've got everything. That that area along that Nebraska Kansas border, those are some hardy people. They could handle that cat in Wahoo. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there'll be a community wide okay. picnic. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, if I'm getting this right, Mark, we got we've got giant unidentified cats roaming north of us. We've got earthquakes t- happening multiple times in a week to the south of us. Okay, mm-hmm. it feels like this is some kind of an ap- apocalyptic story here and that it, we're dealing with. It could be, and you're performing a wedding. That's, that, could, <laughs> that could be uh, exactly that could be the uh, the end of the story. Very right much there. so. Number one. Now that uh, Mega Millions lottery jackpot, nobody matched the numbers last night, so it goes from eight hundred and thirty million, a one point zero two billion with a B. Whew. Yes. Estimated jackpot to be in the, the nation's fourth largest lottery prize. 29 consecutive drawings without anyone winning. The uh, prize is for winner. The 1.02 is, of course, if you take the annuity option over 30 years. But the cash option, uh, quite a bit less. Just $602.5 million. <laughs> $600 million. All right, let's do a little math here. To Let me get my calculator to, out here. So, uh, so $600 million so let's say uh let's say you win it let's say you got i mean let's be generous let's say you've got uh 50 years of life left okay so among those years that means you uh are good for 1.2 million dollars per year if if you divide that up if you want to divide that no no there's something wrong uh what did i do wrong six okay so hold on six okay i probably forgot a zero six hundred in a year yeah Sorry, I, I had that wrong. So, say you're good for 50 more years of life. Yeah, um, you're talking... 20 million a year for 30 years. 12 million. 12 million. Yeah. 12 million a year. If you do 50 years, okay? So, 12, 12 million a year. Let's divide that by day, by 365. Uh, that's 30... Why are you using 50 years? I'm just saying, uh, let's say you oh. live another 50 years for your, the rest of your living. So it doesn't matter what that's coming y- in. Yeah, I'm just saying if you take Got that, it. how much you're, you get. That's, so you, do, you want to do that by day? $32,876 is your daily salary you could pay yourself out no, of that no, fund. If you want to pay, only if there's a fair tax. Uh, uh, well, okay, yeah, we've got to take out the tax on that thing. Divide that by 24 hours per day. And you are at an hourly wage of uh, wage of one thousand three hundred sixty nine dollars. You yeah, could that, pay yourself. That's about it. Okay. I, I understand that. Divided by minute, twenty two dollars a minute. Wow. Divided by seconds, thirty eight cents a second. <laughs> that sounds like attorney fees. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> I was one of the cheapest ones in town. Hey, this guy just got out of law school. You know some stuff, maybe. <laughs> All right, it's 7.54. That is it for your morning drive, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth I know some people, that uh, some farmers, that if they won that, they'd just keep farming until it's all gone. 36 cents a second doesn't sound that good, but it gets gets pretty high pretty quickly. It it adds up. All right, 7.54. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN.
All right, 69 degrees in the capital city. Uh, another text, just a reminder, request line Friday this week. We're going to go general again uh, this week, so whatever you want, you can do. Uh, uh, I'm going to be sitting in the DJ spot for Caleb, and so anything I can do to to uh, make that <laughs> easier, if possible. Uh, I don't know why that impacts it, but that's what we're going to do. So there you go. You can do whatever you want with that. Uh, coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, so I, I didn't have time to get into this, into the morning drive, because we needed to talk about uh, earthquakes and giant house cats and, and those sorts of things, and me calculating how much you get paid per second if you won the uh, Mega Millions jackpot. Um, we talked about some of the on-the-field kind of X's and O's stuff that came out of Nebraska Media Day, but there was another more off-the-field comment about motivation, and I'm going to be honest, it's it's a little bit concerning to me, I don't know if it is to you, but I will tell you what that was and why I, I, I hope, but I wonder, I hope it's not, but I wonder if it kind of foreshadows a tone of this season that is not going to be productive in turning things around. So I'll tell you about that kind of 810. We'll probably get more to that conversation with John Bishop also coming up at 835. It is 8 o'clock on KLIN. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. La Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back to July 27, 2022, hour three of LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Uh, Johnny Cadillac behind the board, Mark Vale as well, Caleb Henry out getting ready for his uh, wedding today. He'll be out the rest of the week, and then he'll take over in my absence next week. So there was a there was a couple of comments during Big Ten Media Days that I haven't really gotten into yet in the show. It stayed to stayed with kind of the the X's and O's type stuff through the sports reports and the morning drive and the like. But I did want to to get into it because it caught my attention right away, probably more than than anything else, and and probably made the most news out of uh, out of everything that was uh, that was said at Big Ten Media Days and. Um, it was it was a comment uh, Garrett Nelson made, which, by the way, I've uh, he is already approaching one of my favorite Husker football players of all time. The way he plays, um, just how how good he's been here, uh, Nebraska kid. All those that linebacking core that is chock full of of Nebraska kids who I think have um, they've they've outplayed their expectations from from the beginning, and they're the strength and the leadership on on the team. So I want to I want to say that, and even in the spring game, I I thought he looked like maybe the best, the most impactful player on the team. I thought, and big things from him this year. Um, but but he did bring up during uh, media days, and there's a lot of different reports uh, about this that maybe you've already read or heard about it. But he was talking about the the slights and and even insults that that he and the team hear or endure um about their lack of success frankly and he he shared a a story that uh he said there was a class uh where there were uh, husker football players and he said 10 players that were in it where a professor 
quote, threw up a trivia question, which was, quote, how many more incompletions can Adrian Martinez throw until he gets cut? And Martinez was was there in the class at that time. So, number one, okay. So, number one, if that happened, that's, I mean, I'm, I agree with him. That's unbelievably ridiculous. Get a clue. What are you doing, professor, if that's the case, whoever this is? And then he also shared a, a story about he was uh, walking by Memorial Stadium. There's a tour group there, and the, the tour group um, said this would be a lot cooler stadium if we actually won games. And I don't like I, I don't deny that would that would annoy you, that would grind on you, that would be off putting in in those sorts of things at all. Especially that professor one. That's that's ridiculous. The thing I am concerned about though is there's already it's July and you've you've had this and you've had another one of the players who shared an article that was uh written Tom Chattel's article. Um, where, you know, he uh, kind of described Frost's um, moment there at the Big Ten Media Days as there being an awkward silence, didn't give an opening statement, and and sort of commented on the tenor of the whole thing. There's, there's another player who tweeted that out and uh, basically disapprovingly with some emojis and, and those sorts of things. And I, I, I don't deny... Look, I am no one to speak on going easy on perceived slights you guys have you guys have heard and seen me <laughs> push back on uh on disputes that that i've had where i think people are being ridiculous or wrong or or anything like that my concern though is that just 24 hours essentially into this season you've already gotten a sense that one of the big motivators for this team or at least the the leaders and those who are speaking um and and you know what what's happening with with what they're saying on social media that that one of the big motivators is slights from within the state the fan base and the media okay and it it is my belief and i don't know if it if it's if it's shared within the the walls of memorial stadium and i'm i'm not a football coach but it seems like that is a really that is going to be a very explosively bad way to to be motivated for what needs to happen this year to to focus on on certain perceived slights certain whatever that it is that are coming essentially from from within the state from within that fan base from within that media because what happens and we've all felt this way too right we've all felt this way at certain points in our life i'm sure about whatever about our our jobs or about our performance doing something like that but what i think happens we've seen and and that is when you have adversity that shows up in a game or wherever that it is you know what you start if if this is what you've been focusing on, this is what you're thinking about, this is what you're using as motivation, you know what happens when that adversity comes along is you start thinking about what they're going to say, what's going to be the next insult, what's going to be the next article that's that's condescending and, and, may, and not particularly accurate or overly critical. 
and that's what's driving you at that point and 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 all that does is get yourself in your head in those moments and i'm telling you what if that is if that is really as there as it looks like it is already this year it you're looking at a bad recipe a bad recipe for a lot of reasons okay and and the other thing i'll say <laughs> the other thing i will say from having done this job being frankly a, a part of the media but frankly an open openly i have a unique spot in the media world because i am allowed to very openly be a fan above an unbiased journalist when it comes to Nebraska sports. That's what I am. That's who I am. I haven't changed any of that. I didn't, you know, you've, you've got, you've got guys and gals in this, uh, in this media market who have grown up in the state and were probably fans growing up and they've kind of had to trade that fan card in to, to be a media member. That's, that's not what I do at all at this point, but I mean, the reality is, the reality is, when things haven't gone well, those those comments, those things are going to be out there. But they're also not indicative of how, of what anybody wants for the program with that, that with that with that tour guide wants or what you know the media the media want. I mean, I, I continue to say, bottom line is, most media won't say this. But by far, they want the team to be successful. <laughs> they're not gonna, they're not gonna out, out and out say that because there's at least some perception of neutrality and, and reporting. But deep down, and and maybe it's not about being a fan, but frankly, it's about the bottom line. And and I've talked about this before. You want to ask our, you want to ask our sales team here at KLIN, what's the most financially beneficial thing? To happen when it comes to Husker football for our bottom line, it's that they're awesome. It's that they're with. It is that they. Everybody upstairs, everybody in this area, they want that, and I think that's true to varying degrees of of the whole media landscape with this. But there are certainly there are certainly outliers. There are certainly stupid articles written. Okay, there are certainly idiot fans who have no apparently ability or or idiot professors apparently that have no ability to have some sense of decency while talking in the presence of 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 the players but that can't be the source of what's driving you is disproving them because it's going to be it 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 uh, you're going to end up not focusing on the task at hand you're focusing on the wrong thing what what you know, you know another place that you can get motivation. It's about disdain, not for the people around you in Nebraska. It's about disdain for losing to Iowa and Wisconsin. It's it's hearing what those other teams are saying to you on the field and off the field. It's just that it's that feeling that. I think a lot of us experienced and knew you lined up in 1994 and you saw the black and gold of Colorado and you were a player. That alone, that alone, that visual, that made you want to beat them because of who they were. Where is that even gone? Like, does that even exist anymore at this point? 
there, there's such a search for motivation that it comes down to us against the world. And the world is everyone outside th- that building. Or at least that's how it sounds. Why it keeps coming back to that, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't think it can be effective. I don't think it will be effective. And so I, I hope, I hope, I don't know, you know, I don't know if this will happen, but I hope that there's a strong message from the leaders, from, from the coaches, from everybody else that is, okay, yeah, yeah, ignore it, but don't use that. Don't use that to be the thing that you're playing for. Don't use that to stick it to a columnist or a tour guide. Stick it to Northwestern because they're Northwestern. Right? How? Come on. Like, this is, this is, this is how I, this is how I football. This is how I think about football. Yeah, I, I have, I thought that's what college football was, right? Was a, a healthy disdain for your opponents leading you to want to beat them and have bragging rights over them, not the people around you. Where did that go? You know what I would have loved to have heard? Probably could use a little bit more about this, more of this. Most coaches might not like this. I would have rather heard Garrett Nelson taking some shots at Northwestern. We'll see if Northwestern hasn't been called for holding for 15 years. We'll see if they can keep that going against me, but I don't. That's okay. Even if they do, I'm still going to get through and get to that quarterback. How about a little dose of that as a motivator? Michael Jordan used to used to basically create conflicts that didn't exist with opponents to 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 to, to motivate himself. If if this is where the focus is on proving everyone wrong who thought thought things aren't going well, you're you're dooming yourself to to another. I, I really think you are. You're dooming yourself to another season that feels like the other ones. Okay? And these, by the way, these things are the assets of the program. Is a ridiculously passionate and interested fan base, a ridiculously extensive PR wing through the media that you, you could be used very well to benefit you. These are these are assets. These should help you. These should should help you in the quest to do that thing, which is beat those teams that are across from you because you want to, because it's because Wisconsin is annoying. I'm tired of hearing about Wisconsin's offensive line reloading everywhere, and 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 we're tired of hearing about how how uh, uh, Iowa plays workman like football, and they don't it, it, because they they beat Nebraska everybody every time. Come on. Oklahoma. Like, where is that stuff? The people. Some people say there is no rivalry. Nebraska doesn't have a rival in the Big Ten. And and you know that may or may not be true. That's a debate fans like to have. But sometimes you feel like, well, you're right. They don't have a rival in in the Big Ten. Their rivalry is with their internal naysayers. Who come out 
louder and stronger and become jerkier after three seasons that didn't go like you wanted them to go. Four seasons, whatever. So, I don't know. I don't want to. It's July. It is July. And and we've got we've got players and and people within the program fixating and putting out what their internal critics are saying i i hope i'm wrong i hope i am dead wrong that doesn't feel like a good omen to me okay that doesn't feel like a good omen at all and i'm hoping there are some voices within that program that shut that down that shut that down as a motivational source. And I don't minimize the impact that it has on you personally at all. I, I, I don't. I don't mean that to be what I'm saying here at this point. But coming in, coming into a season and, and, and games to, to, to be motivated by the, motivated by the idea that you, there was some sort of victimhood, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about all that, but that that was what I took away from everything yesterday. So um, I hope that's not the case, and I hope maybe I'm making too much of of just a couple of things here um, that were that were said, and and uh, maybe this won't end up being a thing. But those are the tea leaves that we've got right now with this season, and that's what we've uh, that's what we've heard so far about this. We all, I mean, come on, we all want this to work we all i mean we want this to work doggone it man i think they can i hope they do and putting up putting up a 30 point win against northwestern and what in and hearing you know we got to hear every guys we got to hear your pat fitzgerald is the greatest coach since sliced bread and he's like 500 in the conference of all time yeah there have been problems here but don't lose sight. The opponents want to beat you, right? Northwestern wants to beat Nebraska because it's Nebraska. You know what opponents love to see? If I'm going up against someone else and something else, and I'm seeing that this entity I'm going against is having internal strife, best thing that could happen. Best thing that could happen. Great. Their focus isn't on me. Their focus isn't being driven to beat me because of who I am. That gives me a leg up. I'd be licking my, cho- licking my chops because of that. So anyway, there it is. See, who says I don't give strong takes on this show? It's 826. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's old-timers day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. You know, maybe I maybe I was overreacting, guys. Maybe I, I hope I was overreacting with that. Uh, uh, what what uh, Austin in our our uh, office came in and said? He goes, "That was impassioned." <laughs> he, he said, "I don't want to use the word emotional." I was like, "Maybe passionate." Yeah, that's that's probably what it is. But I, I, this uh, this the, the the us against the world thing just sticks in my cross so much, and I don't want to do it again. And I, I hope that these these are just isolated isolated things. And this you know, one of the textures said, "Calm down." They went against Northwestern. It's all gone. And I think that you know probably is right. That that probably is right. I just I hope they do. 
to make that to make that happen. We'll bring in John Bishop, and I'm sure he's got some thoughts on this as well. He's the uh, co-host of sixteen twenty The Zones on Sportsmanlike Conduct, doing a lot of talk about what was said yesterday at Media Day and the season getting underway. While we do this interview with practice, which is amazing. Good morning, John. It's July twenty seventh. Football practice starts today. Yeah, it is. It's it's exciting. It and is. Our, we're all excited. Um, so so am I. Am I t- to believe that if if Nebraska beats Northwestern, everything's good again. In terms of what I was ju- just talking about, and the Cliff's note is that is that we we had a couple of you know there's there were comments in the press conference. There's all, some tweets already where it's uh, where it's uh, players that that um, I think are are rightfully frustrated, but seem to be particularly motivated and and want to talk publicly about the slights or the perceived slights that they get from people in the state and or media in the state and tour guides jack tour, tour guides, guides and professors and tom chattel and um yeah uh and, and so i guess what all i was saying is that i think that goes away a lot if you if you start out you win and and but it's here we are but it, it, i don't know am i am i t- did you get uh, do you have a sense that there's uh, some something like it, th- this is a, a mentality that seemed like it is as um is a real deal is a real thing or or maybe i am of course it is overreacting of course it is i mean it, it, and and it, listen this is what happens when you don't win you know people people get frustrated and uh and 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 folks express that frustration and the longer the losing goes on and the more passionate the fan base is and it's a perfect storm i mean we all know how passionate nebraska's fan base is passion works both ways passion works positively passion can work negatively um so no, none of this is a surprise nor is it a surprise that a team coached by a guy who has used negative motivation in the past in his own playing career to um advance his status and advance his career um yeah and and it it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing um and and if those things motivate you we all have negative motivations right people saying that we can't get something done or we can't do something i've used it um you know right, I have a, a, a lot of folks do and so it's it can be a good thing it, it's it's when it becomes the only thing you use to motivate that it becomes toxic and you know time will only tell if that's the only thing that's being used but my guess is you know when you've had you know four straight losing seasons under this staff and five straight as a program um i'm gonna guess that um there's a lot more than just negative motivation that's going to be motivating these guys to try to do better this year yeah i hope so I, I mean, I, I, I really hope so, but I, you know, I still, I, I still think if, if I'm in the shoes of, of other teams, there's nothing I want to see more than, than this kind of, this kind of talk, right? You know, I, I, I remember, you know, I remember going into when Scott Frost took his first team into Ohio State and, and Urban Meyer was, was kind of under fire and, 
everything. It, it felt like there was all this internal strife there, and I remember going into it, and I was like, I think you're going up against a bunch of head cases. And, and at that point, that wasn't Nebraska. Nebraska was the new the new thing with, with you know somewhat low expectations. And I kept saying before that game, I was like, I think this is going to be way closer than everyone thinks because Ohio State is thinking about themselves and their, all their own problems. And it wasn't in the exact same situation. And what happened? They looked like head cases in that game. Ohio State did. And 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 that's the kind of thing that I think about with with this. I boy, I I just I wish there could be some redirect. You know what I w- would like, John? I would like either a Nebraska player or a Northwestern player to throw out some good old red meat Broderick Thomas style bulletin board material and redirect everyone to where they should be where they should be right now. That would be a godsend. Well, good luck everything. because Northwestern doesn't do that. And 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 I don't think anyone on Nebraska side is going to do that. Do either, it, so <laughs> uh, do it. I would. I said this in the last segment. I wish Garrett Nelson would have said uh, Northwestern hasn't been called for holding for the last fifteen years. But I don't care if they do it anyway. I'm still getting to that new transfer quarterback of theirs. Give me that. Come on. That's. Uh, but you know what's going to happen? Then people are going to focus on that and say, "Well, you opened your big mouth, and then you got your oh, your God. foot stuck in it." So well, you, you, you're in a spot where you can't win, right? Yeah. The, the only way you can win is by winning. Yes, and so that's what you have to do. You have to go out and win. And and, and I guess you don't want to get too far into into the weeds because it is a month away from the game. I mean, right. there's going to be a lot of things that happen between now and August the 27th that are going to help determine what happens in this game. And and I think one of the biggest questions that is out there that needs to be answered and we won't know until we get going is how you're going to take this team that has such a mix of newcomers, because I think we've talked about it in this space before, you know, the equation that, that, that equaled Nebraska football 2021 has been completely erased off the board. It's totally different. So if anyone's looking back at last year and saying, ah, well, we beat these guys 56 to three last year, it should be no problem. I'm sorry. Different team, whole different team. Everything is different. You have to, so the big question is, how do you bring all of these guys, the Garrett Nelsons of the world who have had these, you know, experiences at Nebraska and have this negative motivation working for them. How do you bring those guys in with, you know, we've estimated upwards of 10 or more of these transfers coming in that will have a major impact on the season, including your starting quarterback that that's, there's, there's a lot to work with there. And and Frost even mentioned it yesterday. You know, it's getting these guys to come together as a team. You don't have a lot of time to do that. And and while, yes, you've had some team-building exercises, I'm sure, over the summer, you had a spring ball with some of these newcomers, some of them who weren't able to either participate or weren't here yet, um, but you still got to bring them together as a team because now, now it's, it's, it's the time to get things done. You know, now, you know, with spring ball, yeah, there's some pressure because you want to you wanna perform well and you want to move your way up the depth chart. But there's no game to prepare for. Now you're getting ready for the season. The real test is coming. And to bring everybody together, that's going to be the magic in this season. If they're able to do it, then they're going to have a good season. But if it's a struggle, we're going to see a repeat of the last four years. Yeah. I mean, if things... I don't want the, I, I don't want to be doing this, but if things go south, uh, it's they're going to go... They're going to go south. I mean, I'm... 
they're they're going to go south fast, and so getting that first. But but on the other hand, I think you're right. I think the texture was right. You know, winning is gonna winning is gonna really quickly cure some of that whatever that that culture or those the the issues that I'm talking about specifically. And I guess to your point that it is a whole different team. You know, maybe there's some there's some hope in the fact you've you've done a I think a, a really good job sort of articulating. I guess it's not super complex. It's not rocket science, uh, but articulating what what the problem was last year, and I've heard you talk about it on your show quite a bit. And that's just you know when when you get down to those crunch time moments and things haven't gone perfect, but you you still have a chance. You could almost you could almost feel it. Something is something's going to go wrong, and it felt like we all kind of expected it. It kind of felt sometimes it looked like maybe they expected it. It was it, it was a missing sort of intangible thing. Maybe there's some hope, John. That you know, it's not it's not like Garrett Nelson isn't a great player. I thought I think he's going to be. Uh, like I said, he's he's still one of my favorite players on the team. He stood out to me in the spring game. I I've been incredibly impressed with him and all those linebackers, especially that have been here for a while. But on the other hand, you know, you could have a person who hasn't been through the 2020, 2021 season as your top as your top quarterback, as your top running back, as your top wide receiver as your top defensive front four guy and potentially as a, a person or two in your secondary who's that as well. So may I mean maybe that kind of a makeover has some kind of mental benefit of not having gone through all of the things that this team has gone through over the last few years. Right, but remember all of those new people have had their own experiences. You know, Casey Thompson's record isn't much better than Nebraska. In fact, it isn't. It isn't any better than Nebraska's record. And so he has his own, whatever demons he's got coming with him, um, you know, those are things that have to be worked through. And, and, and so there's a, there's a lot of stuff here. And this, listen, this is a challenge that a lot of teams are facing, especially in the era of transfer portal. So it's not like Nebraska's totally alone, but Nebraska's also in a spot and it was made pretty clear yesterday and it's going to be made pretty clear you know a lot of the teams that brought in new players don't have a coach that's squarely on a hot seat yeah and 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 that was and that was discussed openly you know yesterday so it's a it's a very it's a very different dynamic but you're right um you know changing out as many parts as it is maybe you don't have some of that institutional we call it, sometimes we say institutional knowledge. Right. Well, instit- institutional failure, right? Yeah. I mean, right now it seems like there's an institutional failure inside the program. And so you hope that with some of the new blood, you can, you know, evacuate some of that institutional failure because these guys don't know how to lose. Right. In a certain way. But again, it still starts at the very top. Right. Yeah. You've got to have those guys. You've got to have the, the, the coaches. You've got to have your team leaders all getting that message and sending that message through and and you know you look for help wherever you can find it but at the end of the day it all still comes from the top and and that's where the biggest question marks are going to be yeah I mean, as even, even that whole sort of institutional failure conversation aside, it is crazy just to look at when I, when I went through that, just going position by position, how many of the most key contributors on this team are going to be transfers in. Like, yes. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. You could have your leading passer, rusher, receiver. Okay. 
uh, all be all be newcomers. You could have your 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 you know your top player along, maybe two players along the defensive line that are your top performers. Outside of that linebacking core and the offensive line, and there's even a transfer that's possibly going to get some playing time on the offensive line. It's everywhere. It, it, it is. It's everywhere in the in every position group. Not just a little. It could you know it's a significant portion of every position group. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, and and. And that's, that's again, one of the, the things that makes this season so intriguing and, and so hard to predict, to be honest with you. I, I, yeah, we don't know I don't these know, guys. I don't know <laughs> what it is that people, you know, there are some people who are very confident, hey, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm truly not confident in what I'm, in where I'm at. I think I said here last time I was on with you, or maybe it was an earlier time, I could, my, my, my window right now, goes from three wins to nine wins. <laughs> I could I, I I'm serious. I, I think I see a floor of three and a ceiling of nine. I'm talking regular season. Yeah. I, and 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 I'm probably gonna end up in the middle because it's really, really, really hard to predict it. You know, for every argument you can make, good or bad, um, about what you expect this season, I think a great counter argument can be made to each and every one of those points. And and I don't know if I've ever gone into a season where I felt this unsure about what it is I'm going to see. Yeah, and 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 it's going to make for a very very interesting season. Not to mention the swirling, you know, you know, nine hundred pound, you know, gorilla in the room about you know the future of the head coach. So yeah. it's all it's all uh, it's all very oh. very complex. Very confounding, and 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 for those of you who have a real good feel for what's going to happen this year, I'm I'm jealous well, because I don't I, I don't have that kind of vision. People who have a really good feel, I think, are one of two things. If they have a really good feel that's going to be not good, that that's based on, I think, you know, the the, the they believe they, the co- yeah. they believe the coaching is what it is, right? They believe it's right. about the coaching. People who have a, a confident uh, who are very confident are are basically like the law of averages has to work out at some point it just has to um and and the change and the change ups uh in terms of personnel are are going to be significant but but uh we will we will see with this whole thing um so uh practice got started while while we were talking um you know i'm i'm curious what your you know what questions you would like to ask, ask yourself after the the fall camp is over i think the biggest one to me is you know who's going to be taking the the lion's share of the the running back carries who emerges from that entire thing and and then probably the secondary too just in terms of personnel is who's going to rise to be, become the ones who are who are playing the most in the secondary how about you what are you wondering about Oh man, there's just so, there's so many. Um, you know, I think I think it kind of starts maybe along the defensive line. I mean, we know that we know that O'Shawn Mathis is going to play a major role. We know that Garrett Nelson is going to play a major role, and I know they're listed as outside linebacker. Well, I guess they're now listed technically now as edges. Uh, so we'll call them defensive linemen. But but you know the the newcomers that are being plugged in in the middle. We know how how desperately thin they were in the spring, how that group's going to work, because that was kind of a uh, an unsung uh, factor in last year's defensive improvement was the play of those interior tackles. Um, and while Nebraska didn't garner a ton of sacks, they, you know, they were, they got better again for the yeah. fourth straight year in run defense um, and they held up pretty well. And so that, that's, that's probably one area. Obviously, I, I mean, for me, it really starts along the offensive and defensive lines. You know, not only Jack, are we seeing 
you're replacing a second round draft pick at center, but you're also replacing your nasty. Right. And we've heard all spring about, you know, this team coming off the ball and, you know, that's what Frost wants. He wants a team that comes off the ball. Well, you know, a lot of that is in attitude. We not only did you lose your best offensive lineman from a physical standpoint, but I think you lost your best offensive lineman from a mental standpoint. We all remember the penalties that, that, um, that Cam got last year blocking too late, blocking downfield. Um, but that's the kind of stuff you want to see. You know, you want to block to the echo of the whistle, as they say. Um, and, and where does that nasty come from and who, 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 who kind of embodies that along the offensive line? And so that's a, that's a big question as well. So for me, it kind of starts on both lines of scrimmage because quite honestly, that's where Nebraska's success, that's where most teams' success and failures are going to be. You know, it all starts with the hog mollies up front. Man, what a sea change it would be. And, and I agree with you. The pass rush got better last year, but you look at the numbers just in terms of sacks. Garrett Nelson had five. And then you had a bunch of people tied with two after that last yeah. year. So the numbers are nowhere near gaudy in terms of sacks. Uh, and, and, you know, you're talking about in, in a season, successful seasons with, you know, with a lot of sacks, you know, Trev had some, some huge, I mean, we're talking 15, 12, 11, 10. I mean, those were good. Demario Williams had 11 in a year, right? So, um, it, it, to be able to add, if O'Shawn Mathis can be that, Somebody, I mean, that's going to be a a sea change, I think, for the defense to have that kind of a pass rusher out there, and and that could be if they can if they can make him that, that's going to be a, a big difference, I think, for this defense that is probably already going to, which has had some solid play too, um, and and that linebacking core. I said that in the last segment, linebacking core, I think, has outplayed what I expected from them every time I've I've seen them, the 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 Rhymers and, and I guess Nelson's an edge, but uh, and the the Henriches of the world. So mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it could be the. That I'm excited about. There are things to be excited about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the schedule does set up nicely for, for maybe, just maybe, you know, the first three-game winning streak. And then you're going into the Oklahoma game, and, and, and you've got some, you know, real momentum built. And if you can come out of that with a win at home, oh. uh, then, then all of a sudden the, the, the conversation changes. I think, you know, a lot of people will be yep. still a little bit skeptical after a, th- after a 3-0 start, after a 4-0 start. I think a, a, a lot of skeptics will will either be silenced or start to you know maybe believe again. That so. is that that is the exact definition of what the doctor ordered for the team, the fan base, the media, everyone. Just what the doctor ordered. All right, John, uh, you got a lot to talk about again today. Uh, looking forward to listening to it on sixteen twenty the zone. Our sister station will uh, catch up. I'm gonna be gone next week, so Caleb will talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. All right, there you go. John Bishop from Unsportsmanlike Conduct on 1620. This will wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, well, that is it for the show. We are at 71 degrees in the capital city. Uh, so tomorrow I'll be back, uh, fresh off of Caleb's wedding, which I'm going to head to now. Uh, we're going to be doing a little Ticket Thursday. We've got ZZ Top tickets for Ticket Thursday. The Grow Lincoln team is going to join us. Greg Sharp is going to join us as well. So look forward to talking to all of them, talk a little bit more Husker football uh, with them as we are going to be a, a day into fall camp at that point. And then Friday is Request Line Friday. I'm going to be your DJ on Friday with Caleb gone, and uh, we are going to do general, whatever you want, as long as we can play it on the radio so you can get 
get those requests in now, and we're going to start to compile our list. Text them into the Rickstown Recognition text line at 402-479-1400 or post them online at klin.com slash request line Friday. So that's everything that is coming up. I want to thank our guest today, John Bishop, joined us, and all of your What Chaps Your Hide comments and calls, Officer Chad as well, and... Um, and yeah, I, I ranted a bit today. I don't know if rant is the right word, but I got, I got passionate. So hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you tomorrow. Nine o'clock KLI and